back here in our country, we've talked a lot here on the air about healthcare in Canada, and we all seem to be in full agreement that we got a problem, a big, big problem, a crisis, if you will. We hear the horror stories one after the other, and all levels of government talking about what they're going to do, what they can do, what they need to do to make things better. For the longest time, even as we've gone through this, I mean, this is not a new situation. Our healthcare system for years, I think, has lagged behind our expectations. And certainly, um, you know, the investment that we make in it, we don't get the results uh, that should match the amount of money that we spend. So one thing that always comes up and gets immediately smacked down by a large segment of the population is we need more private involvement within our healthcare system. Now, that's not to say necessarily, although in some cases it is, uh, you show up with the MasterCard and you need a knee replacement and you get it. You skip the lines, you just pay for it and you get it. More so we're talking about private facilities, right? privately offered healthcare, but it's still publicly funded. It still fits within the public healthcare system. But even that, even though it exists in so many ways in our country already, even the mere mention of that, it's, it's the slippery slope argument. You know, we're opening the door to American style healthcare and no Canadian wants that. That's been the take for a long, long time, but a new poll out today, uh, done by Ipsos, Uh, exclusively for global news shows, there has been a shift and a big shift, unlike we've seen in some time when it comes to that resistance to the offering of privately offered, publicly funded healthcare in this country. And to walk us through the results, we're going to chat with Daryl Bricker, who is the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. Daryl, thanks for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me on, Shay. Yeah, the big headline here is, uh, you know, the story I was reading say you've been, you know, you've been at this for decades. Now, you've never seen uh, this kind of response when it comes to that mere mention of, of privately offered health care, right? A massive shift? Yeah, well, normally this question just gets smacked down. I yeah. mean, Canadians are not enamored with the idea of having what you just described, which is uh, American-style health care in which you, uh, you know, get, you have your care evaluated based on your financial resources. Canadians aren't uh, really uh, keen on that idea. But what we're starting to see are cracks. And the reason that we're starting to see cracks is that uh, Canadians are really concerned about what is available to them now through their publicly funded health care system. Now, previously, when we'd ask people questions about health care, uh, and they'd mention that on a survey, it was always, oh, well, I'm worried about what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it was oriented. Today, the answers that we're getting back are really much more about what's happening now. And as a result of that, we've seen the urgency around healthcare rise, and people are now searching for options and alternatives, um, and open-minded about what possible solutions to, uh, you know, the pressure that we're seeing in terms of uh, the services we're, that we're getting, ways of relieving that pressure. So that's why I think we're seeing the numbers that we are. And and, and you know, some of the headline numbers: eighty-five percent of the Canadians you surveyed said, you know what, we got to do something dramatic here. We need to make some big, big changes because we're just yeah. being let down, right? Like they're opening the door to some big changes. Yeah, and, and I, I think that where they're really thinking is how services are provided um, through the public system. So the first port of call will be, um, you know, the delivery, the private sector getting somehow involved in the delivery of private services, but still through the single payer type of an environment. And that's where you see the numbers, you know, in in the range of the 60s. Um, The other thing that you would see is people saying, well, you know, maybe if you have more resources and you're able to pay for something yourself, particularly if you're affluent, maybe you should be able to do a little bit more of that. So there's there's these cracks starting to form. Whereas, you know, when I've been doing this research back as far away as, you know, as long ago as in the 80s, 
people would never touch those things. Right. Yeah. They and would not, not even be considered. But now we're starting to see this because people are saying, you know, it's not so much a problem that's on the horizon. It's in my life now. Yeah. And and, and, and we need to do something better. And that's where 85 percent comes from. And and the sixty percent. This this one really surprised me because, like we've said, you know, this was a non-starter. This was don't even bring this up. It's political suicide. Sixty percent of the people you surveyed said, "Yeah, you know what? If you can afford it, pay for it. Go ahead. We, we're okay with that." I mean, that really surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. Um, and you know, you would, we'd really have to sort of plumb down in that to find out exactly what they're what they're talking about. But even, you know, just raising the possibility normally would get a really yeah. no number for that, that type of thing. But we're even seeing in the survey results, I don't know if you went this deep, but you know, a third of people saying that, you know, they'd be prepared to go to the US to get services. A third. Wow. I mean, so you, you can see where the, the cracks are here. And uh, the public is, I think, uh, prepared to look at some more creative solutions. I'm talking to you today, unfortunately, from Toronto. Oh. You know, that usually goes over really well in, yeah, in Alberta. Would you lose a bet? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in Ontario, which is, you know, the most, one of the most stalwart places when it comes to single-payer health, uh, we've just had the provincial government announce that it's going to consider expanding the amount of private sector uh, uh, supply um, uh, in, in its new proposal. And you'd thought there'd be an explosion in this province, and there just hasn't been. Um, in terms of, and this was also interesting, we, we know that um, the provinces are meeting with Ottawa starting tomorrow, talking about health care, and there's this big push to have Ottawa provide more money for health care. And, and we've said many times on the air as we've talked about it, that's not the answer. We can't keep doing that. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work this time. And I think a lot of Canadians, according to your survey, are saying, you know what, the provinces can't just keep asking for more money as the solution. They need a plan. There has to be a plan. They're, they're, they're not just pointing the finger at the feds in terms of funding. They're saying the provinces need to step up here too, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and the reason they're saying that is that they're, they're asking for practical things. They're saying, okay, how is this actually going to improve what I'm getting? Right. How is this going to, you know, make sure that I can get an MRI in a timely period of time? That I can, you know, I'm not going to sit for 12 hours in the emergency room. How how is how is this money that we get from the federal government? Because we're talking billions and billions, and after a couple of million, it's, it just sounds like a lottery win to most people. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but okay, so how is that actually going to make a difference? on the ground for the services that I can expect to receive. And that's where the province is being held to account. What are, what are you guys going to do to make sure if you get more money from the federal government that it's actually going to lead to better services for me? I, in terms of demographic, you mentioned some of the regional breakdown here that's uh, kind of surprising. But it, it, interestingly, um, younger Canadians, which I think most of us are, you know, would view as the more progressives, which are typically more opposed to private health care, according to your findings, they're actually more willing to explore it. Yeah, and I think for a couple of reasons. Probably one reason is uh, that they've been hearing about this for so long that they're they're kind of getting used to it. Just like pet for pension systems, when you go ask young people, you know, is uh, is CPP going to be available for you by the time they retire? Most young people say no. Right. <laughs> they, yeah. they just kind of see Don't count on, on it, the yeah. wall. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. But the other part is they're not the big users. So they're not people who are coming in, you know, really dealing with the healthcare system right now. So for them, some of this may be more future-oriented than, than something that's happening to them immediately. And that's why I see older people who are more used to the system and more maybe nostalgic about the system saying, you know, I, I have more trouble with this. But also they're the people who are more likely to be using it more frequently. Yeah, makes good sense. Uh, great insight. Uh, good stuff. Thanks very much, Gerald. I appreciate you joining us. 
My pleasure. Thanks, Shay. That's Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs uh, Canada, walking us through some of those poll results. And I got to say, I'm, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.